Today from the Global Lane, genocide and chemical weapons? Putin takes the Ukraine war to a dangerous new level. He's planning to escalate in order to finish this conflict off by May 9th. Global tensions rising. Is the U.S. military ready to respond to the threats? The military is actually going backward. Uh, at the same time, China is rapidly expanding its nuclear arsenal. Educational end run. School officials ignore new laws banning critical race theory instruction. We don't really let anybody tell us what to do if Good. we don't believe in it. Johnny can't read, but sacre bleu. A drag performing French teacher demonstrates how students can strut their stuff in Wisconsin. And it's all right here on the Global Lane. This week in Iowa, President Joe Biden accused Russia of committing genocide in Ukraine. Biden said President Putin is, quote, wiping out the idea of even being Ukrainian. More evidence is coming out of literally the horrible thing that the Russians have done in Ukraine. And we're going to only learn more and more about the devastation. And uh, we'll let the lawyers decide internationally whether or not it qualifies. But it sure seems that way to me. Joining us with more on this and to give us a look at Putin's mindset at this stage of the Ukraine war is Russian-born former Defense Intelligence Agency officer and intelligence expert on Russian affairs, Rebecca Koffler. Ms. Koffler is author of Putin's playbook, Russia's Secret Plan to Defeat America. Rebecca, it's always good to see you. Good to talk to you again. So is Vladimir Putin guilty of committing genocide in Ukraine? What do you think of Biden's allegation? Delighted to be here with you, Gary, and your audience. President Biden's thoughts are on the right track. Putin has committed unconscionable atrocities, but it doesn't mean that President Joe Biden needs to verbalize every thought that comes to his mind. The calls for regime change, as well as uh, Senator Lindsey Graham's ad advocating for the Russians to remove President Putin are actually very dangerous, dangerous calls. The Russians have always suspected that regime change was an official U.S. policy. And so this kind of verbiage actually feeds into Putin's narrative and is going to make him double down on his offense uh, against Ukraine. And he's planning to escalate in order to finish this conflict off by May 9th, which is a significant holiday for the Russians, at least the active combat phase of this conflict. Well, he's digging in his heels, isn't he? This week he said he'll continue the military campaign in Ukraine until his goals are fulfilled. In the wake of his losses, Rebecca, especially in attempting to take Kyiv, he appointed a new commander in Ukraine, the Butcher of Syria, who leveled and depopulated Aleppo. So what does that tell us? What are Putin's goals at this point? As the Russians like to say, it is not by chance, comrade. He's very proficient at the use of chemical weapons. The use of chemical weapons is consistent with the Russian doctrine. The Russians studied, they trained for it. And the fact that Putin is losing in Ukraine compared to his original goal, which was to topple Kiev and to decapitate the Zelensky government, he has not achieved those. And so he's switching to plan B. So I do not rule out the possibility of Putin employing chemical warfare tactics. In fact, he has already done so by 
striking a chemical plant in Sumi and uh, creating an ammonia leak. This is what the Russians called asymmetric warfare. Well, I, there were allegations this week made by the mayor of Mariupol that Russia actually used chemical weapons there. Can you verify that? What have you learned? I am not currently in the position to verify this. The intelligence is not straightforward on this. Even the Pentagon has not been able to independently verify it. And that means that we don't have good intelligence on the ground. But what I can tell you, Gary, that it is very consistent with the Russian doctrine. And I do not rule out the possibility that it was actually Russia's hand that was behind this attack. Well, what is Putin's mindset right now? Is he crazy? Has he gone mad? Or does he know exactly what he's doing? He wouldn't attack NATO, or would he? He knows exactly what he's doing, Gary. He's not mad or crazy in the sense that um, he doesn't have any mental anomalies as uh, assessed by a former U.S. Air Force officer who is also a psychiatrist. No, this man knows exactly what he's doing. He has prepared this plan for the past 20 years. He never made it a secret. Unfortunately, we never paid attention. No, he is not looking to attack NATO. Any NATO country, Poland, Romania, even the Baltics are not on the target list. But what is on the target list is Ukraine along with any post-Soviet state. Putin wants to reestablish control of the former Soviet republics. But the kicker is, and the nuance, is that Putin is prepared if the Russian intelligence services assess that NATO or the United States or any country that's part of NATO is about to intervene, he will activate a preemptive doctrine that will include five instruments, cyber attacks, space warfare, nuclear escalate to de-escalate strategy, which is a low-yield nuclear warhead uh, that could explode on the territory of Ukraine, and other options that I described in my book, Putin's Playbook, Russia's Secret Plan to Defeat America. Okay, things are getting more dangerous. We'll have to wait and see how things develop. Intelligence analyst Rebecca Koffler, thank you so much, Rebecca, for taking the time to provide us with those insights. We appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Gary. Unprecedented threats to American national security. During his recent appearance before Congress, Joint Chiefs Chairman General Mark Milley warned of war dangers beyond Ukraine. We are entering a world that is becoming more unstable, and the potential for significant international conflict between great powers is increasing. If Ukraine is only the start of what could become a bigger, broader conflict, perhaps even an eventual world war, just how prepared is the U.S. military to take on the challenge? Well, joining us is a member of the House Armed Services Committee, Florida Congressman Mike Walls. Congressman Walls is a highly decorated U.S. Army veteran who served as a Special Forces officer in Afghanistan, and he's the first Green Beret elected to Congress. He's written a new children's book, Dawn of the Brave. 
Congressman Walls, it's a pleasure. And before we discuss your book, let's let's talk defense budget here, the rising threats and the readiness of U.S. military, because you serve on the Armed Services Committee. So President Biden says his proposed $773 billion defense budget would provide the funds needed to ensure our military remains the best prepared, best trained and best equipped military in the world. And he proposes the decommissioning of 24 Navy ships at a time when China's creating the largest Navy in the world. So is the U.S. lagging behind China and Russia and things like development of hypersonic technology? And do we need to do a better uh, job of preparing for a bigger war than may be coming? Yeah, we absolutely do. And, and this defense budget is inadequate. Uh, what uh, the Pentagon admitted during a hearing was they used a 4% inflation figure uh, and we're seeing that inflation is truly at eight and a half percent, if not higher. Uh, so, you know, do the math on a on a eight hundred billion dollar budget. That's tens of billions of dollars. The military is actually going backward. Uh, at the same time, China is rapidly expanding its nuclear arsenal. Uh, as you mentioned, its navy is now larger than the U.S. Navy, but they can concentrate theirs in one ocean. Ours is spread around the world. Uh, and their Air Force uh, is new. Uh, they have stolen their way to the top in terms of taking our stealth technology, drone technology, uh, hypersonics, and others. And they're launching more into space than the rest of the world combined. And I can tell you firsthand, they are developing offensive weaponry in space. Uh, you can't be number one on Earth if you're number two on space. So with all of that, we still have to deal with Russia, North Korea, Iran, as they race towards a nuclear weapon and keep a lid on global terrorism. Uh, what this administration is proposing is not enough. And we have all of that. It is our money that is fueling their military buildup. And, and that's why I'm telling every group I can, when you see Made in China, put it down. Made in America isn't just a jobs issue. It's a human rights issue and it's a national security issue. I've got to ask you about Ukraine as well, as the fighting in Ukraine shifts to the eastern and southern fronts there. Russia's threatening on another one of its uh, fronts against its neighbor, Finland, because that country and Sweden have expressed interest in joining NATO this summer. And the Russians have warned both countries against NATO membership. Russia held military exercises near the Finnish border and heavy equipment, including missile systems, were seen moving near the border this week. Now, we can't right. verify the video. It appeared on Twitter. But if that's legitimate, uh, this would be threatening, wouldn't it? How should the U.S. and NATO respond? Well, this could be uh, one of the long-term blowbacks against Putin. Uh, if if uh, Finland and Sweden actually submit their uh, membership application, so to speak, to NATO, uh, which by all accounts, it looks like Finland will do this June, that's a huge win for NATO, uh, and that is a huge blow uh, to Putin. Uh, Finland has the longest land border with Russia. They have a long history of Russian invasions. Uh, they've seen now that uh, if you're not in NATO, we may help you uh, defend yourself, but we're not treaty obligated to actually come to your defense. Uh, but both countries are incredibly capable, both economically and militarily, uh, and getting them into NATO should be something this administration aggressively supports. Well, Colonel, how do we address that, though, if they're moving missiles uh, near the border? With yeah, Finland? this is, well, Russian intimidation tactics, uh, right? But we've seen Finland, within polling, Finland popular opinion 
say, you know what, we need to be under that NATO defensive umbrella because what Russia is doing to Ukraine, they could do to us next. Uh, and, and we need to stand strong diplomatically, economically, and militarily with Finland. The difficulty is going to be, as they're applying, uh, if Russia decides to, to get more aggressive, we're not treaty obligated until they're actually in. And so they'll be in a dangerous period. But you know, the Biden administration can't be afraid of Putin. Uh, and they can't be afraid of escalation. Uh, Putin doesn't want a war with NATO or the United States because he knows he'll lose. Uh, we have to stand strong. We have to make him fear us. Uh, that's how deterrence works, is peace through strength. And your new children's book, Dawn of the Brave, is timely. Yeah. Many children are trying to understand what's happening in Ukraine. And I'm sure you believe there are some lessons they can learn from the war, also uh, from your book. So tell us about the book. What's the takeaway for the kids? Well, the book is actually part of a series. Uh, it's uh, uh, published by bravebooks.com. You can find it on bravebooks.com, uh, not on Amazon. The kids get one per month, uh, and that's focused on traditional values, family, faith. In the case of my book, serving your country uh, through teamwork and, and coming together. Look, we've seen what's happened in Virginia uh, uh, with the school system there. We're seeing what's happening with Disney. We're seeing a, a left-wing agenda uh, to, edu you know, to, to put this nonsense in the, in the minds of our kids. We have to take our kids' education back. We have to get good content uh, into their hearts and minds and, and just really proud to, to be a part of this effort. Okay, Congressman Michael Walls, thank you for your service in Afghanistan and on Capitol Hill. The book is Dawn of the Brave, and you said people can get a copy online. All right. Yeah, thanks so much. Okay. God bless. Thank you. Critical race theory end run? At least seven U.S. states have banned the teaching of CRT, but some educators are ignoring the law. Accuracy in Media did an undercover investigation to disclose what is happening. And AIM President Adam Gallette joins us to explain what they found. Adam, it's good to talk with you again. So you looked at two states, Idaho and Tennessee. And before we look at each, tell us what you did and did the results surprise you? Sure. We've been to over 50 different school districts in several of the seven states that have banned critical race theory from being taught. And what we've seen consistently is that these administrators brag about all the different deceptive ways they use to get around the law. Well, let's play a clip from your report. This one is from Idaho. It's all mental health. Mm -hmm. okay. yeah. It's just all the different words you have to use. And of course we don't do C. <laughs> we don't. So, yeah. Yeah. We're just learning how to worm around all of those weird things that are out there. Adam, who were these people and what else did they tell you in Idaho? Sure, what we heard in Idaho, what we heard in many other states, is that they simply changed the name. They still teach critical race theory. They call it something else. Some of them started to call it social and emotional learning. That's what the administrators told us. Then parents caught on to that, and they started calling it mental health. In other states, when they specifically banned the New York Times 1619 project, well, they just got around that by signing up for a news service called Newzella, which is a direct partner of the 1619 Project. These are tax-paid administrators with ridiculous salaries, so confident in their job security that they can never be fired, that they brag about the different ways they ignore the law to keep pushing racist, Marxist ideas that your children should not be hearing. 
Adam, obviously, uh, these legislators and the governor, when they signed this uh, legislation, governors of these states, didn't they know that there'd try to be an end around uh, on this? It's hard to say the intentions of politicians. You know, I never have a tremendous amount of faith in politicians anywhere, even the ones I vote for. So it's hard to tell if they purposefully wrote these laws in such a way in which it would appease voters, but not really have any ability to be enforced. But what is abundantly clear, at least to me, is that the only solution for these failing government schools is school choice. And the biggest obstacle to school choice, believe it or not, in many of these states, Rural Republicans, the biggest employers in many of their districts are public education. So rural Republicans stand in the way of vouchers and charter schools and education savings accounts. And they were able to simply say, well, we, we got rid of critical race theory, no more problems in public education. Well, there's a tremendous amount of problems in public education. It's clear that these bans won't solve it. The only solution is school choice. Okay, I wanna look at another state. Let's take a look at a clip from Tennessee. It's, it's not actively being taught, but it's not actively not being taught. This law was really well crafted and accomplishes nothing. So if you see right here, it does not keep us from teaching the history, blah, 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 that's in the standards. Okay. So basically we're doing what we've been doing. I was worried that that had affected curriculum or changed things here. No. Right. Really? It, it, it has not. It is not in this district. We're business as usual cool. in this district. Okay. And, and we don't... I, I, I love this. Like, we don't really let anybody tell us what to do if Good. we don't believe in it. You didn't, wouldn't expect this down south. What else did you find there in Tennessee? That's exactly right. We One of those clips came from Nashville. Okay, you could say it's a metropolitan area. It's probably more progressive. But perhaps the most extreme one we got was in Marion County. The woman in that video from Marion County, she went on to brag to us about how their curriculum was, quote, extremely progressive from an equity point of view. What is that if not critical race theory? Marion County 75% of them voted for Trump in the last election. You might expect this stuff in Berkeley, California, in Boulder, Colorado. In a 75-25 Trump-Biden county, they brag about how their curriculum is extremely progressive. Everyone assumes that their district is okay. I met the teacher, I met the administrator, they're okay, it's not happening here. Well, I met your administrator too, probably, and I met him with a hidden camera, and what I could tell you is, they are consistently happy to get around these CRT bans in every district in America. It's outrageous. So is that the takeaway, Adam? I'm assuming this is uh, this deceit's happening around the country, just calling it something else, ignoring the state laws. Uh, you know, when we find it in a 75-25 Trump county that they're still ignoring a state law, I can't imagine what it's like in the states in which they haven't banned critical race theory or in the more progressive areas. Again, it's just like congressmen. The popularity of Congress as a whole is abysmal. It's low. But people think their congressman is the good one. I think public education is the same way. People as a whole realize there are problems in public education, but they think their school district is the good one. The real problem is these teachers mean well, but what they mean for your children isn't necessarily what you might mean for them. We've got to have opportunities to get our kids out of government schools. And there will be a big backlash, I'm sure, this fall when voters go and decide uh, what they'll do in the future. So, Adam Gallette, president of Accuracy in Media, thanks for setting us straight today. I know you've got more coming. 
Thank you. That's right. Our, our website, aim.org, will be releasing part three in this investigation in another red state this week. Check out aim.org to find out if your state has critical race theory being taught illegally. Okay, and I'm glad to talk to you. Thank you. Just before Easter break, students at Middleton High School near Madison, Wisconsin, were treated to Fine Arts Week and a special performance by their French teacher, Matthew Cashton. Parents were shocked to see the teacher strutting across the stage and drag to the tune Rain On Me. A post-performance tweet pointed out that language arts proficiency at Middleton is 49%. Math proficiency is 47%. But doesn't that mean that more than half the students at Middleton High School are not proficient? In fact, the 2020 National Assessment of Educational Progress found that only 37% of American 12th graders, quote, reached or exceeded the academic preparedness benchmarks for both math and reading that would qualify them for entry-level college courses. But don't worry, high schoolers are learning how to dance and drag while kindergartners learn about equity and gender identity. Folks, this is the type of woke society that we don't want to create for our children and grandchildren. They won't be able to read well or do simple math, but boy, they sure will know how to dress up and drag or which doctor to visit if they want to butcher their private parts. No wonder public schools lost 2 million students in the 2020-2021 school year. More parents are demanding choice in education. They're opting for homeschooling and charter schools, those that teach our kids the basics, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Hillsdale College recently launched an affiliate classical charter school program and now has a national network of more than two dozen licensed affiliated schools. Yes, attending school board meetings to demand an end to leftist wokeness in education is important. It's also crucial for voters to elect leaders who embrace their views about parental rights and education. So homeschooling, private schools, charter schools, school vouchers may be the wise alternative to all this leftist wokeness. And let's remember, the one ultimately responsible for seeing that your child gets a good education is you. Well, that's it today from the Global Lane. Be sure to follow us on the CBN News and NRB channels, social media, and our broadcast affiliates. And until next time, be blessed.